This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So how do you master the seemingly difficult but important jazz song form rhythm changes? Well, today I'm going to show you eight simple steps to do exactly that coming up. What's up, Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards who help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another quick win episode of the podcast. Really looking forward to this lesson today. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss out on anything going on here. Rhythm Changes is a common song form used in jazz. It's based off of George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm, but artists like Charlie Parker, Sonny Rollins, and many others have created melodies over top of this important song form, and they're Therefore, it's really important to know if you want to be a great jazz musician, jazz improviser, and really if you master rhythm changes, it's going to help you in all of the rest of your other jazz playing. So step number one is to learn the chords and understand them. Now, this might seem like an obvious first step, but honestly, we're not going to be great improvisers if we don't really know these chord changes really well and understand how they harmonically work. So taking a look at rhythm changes, we're looking actually at the head Olio, but these are just the chord changes here. So we have B flat major seven, G seven, C minor seven, and F seven. And that's a one, six, two, five chord progression. And now this is super, super important that you understand what that means. We're in the key of concert B flat major. And what we're essentially saying is that the sixth chord within the key center of B flat major is G. Now we're making it a G seven. That's called a secondary dominant, meaning that it's tonicizing this C minor, the two chord, but in general, the G in rhythm changes is going to be a dominant seventh chord, the, the sixth chord. So B flat major seven, G seven, C minor seven is the two chord, and F seven is the five chord. If you understand Roman numeral analysis, this is gonna be super helpful. Moving on, we have D minor seven, which is the three chord to a G seven, the six, and then a two and a five again. Now going back, to bar five now, we go back to our one chord that's B flat major, and then we do some blues harmony here. So we go one to the four, which is E flat seven, to this E diminished seven, that's a sharp four diminished, blues harmony right there, and then a one, six, two, five. This is the main chord progressions that are in rhythm changes. So while rhythm changes is a 32 bar form, just knowing these eight bars is pretty much going to get you 75% of the way there. We go on to the second A section here, which is bars nine through 16. And really it's just a repeat of the first A section other than just ending on a two, five, one to kind of end out that phrase. Now going into the bridge is where it gets kind of fun and interesting. Instead of a billion chords going by, we actually have chords that last two bars each. So we start with this D7, which is actually just a dominant three chord, to a G7, which is that dominant six chord we've been talking about from the A sections, to the C7, which is a dominant two chord, to F7, the five chord. So basically all we're doing is we're doing a three, six, two, 
five, we're just making them all dominant seventh chords. So this really provides a challenge for improvising over because you have these stagnant dominant seventh chords that don't really move quickly. So you have to figure out some creative musical solutions to play over top of these. Now, finishing off the tune is the last A section, which is essentially just a copy of the first a section. So again, as long as you know these A sections, you're pretty much going to be most of the way there to understanding how rhythm changes works. Step number two is to learn a rhythm changes head. Now there are tons of melodies. We call them heads for rhythm changes. You have Charlie Parker heads like Anthropology, and you have a head like this, which is Olio by Sonny Rollins. <laughs> You want to learn a rhythm changes head. Olio is a great one. Ultimately, you want to repeat this step over many, many different times. I think it's a good idea to have in your arsenal at least five rhythm changes heads that you're able to play. And not only is this important to be able to play the melody to a rhythm changes so you can actually perform the tune, but there's actually a lot of great musical information involved in these, especially if you learn bebop heads like anthropology and so on and so forth over top of rhythm changes. So learn a rhythm changes head and repeat this process over many different times. Now, step number three is where we really have to start tackling the problem of how do we actually improvise over these really fast moving chord progressions, right? Because this is really the hardest part. What I hear from a lot of students is how do you improvise over chords that are going by this fast? Do I play every single note? What do I do? I can't play this quickly. I can't think this quickly. Well, we need to start breaking it down. And so step number three is to learn and memorize and really ingrain the chord tones. Okay, so the chord tones are the first place I always start with improvising because really at the end of the day, they are the core structures of the chords that we're trying to play. So if we get really good at chord tones, we're gonna be really, really well off. Just take a look at this first two bars of this chord tone map. It's B flat major seven. G7, C minor 7, F7. That's that one, six, two, five chord progression that just repeats itself all the time. So we really need to master this in rhythm changes. And so all we're gonna do is start by walking up that B flat major seven arpeggio. So root, third, fifth, seventh, right? Root, third, fifth, seventh. And then what I want to do is I want to connect this to the nearest chord tone of the G7, the sixth chord. And in this particular case, I'm gonna choose the note G, that's the root. So now we're gonna go root to the seventh, to the fifth, to the third, okay? So locking them down. And I like to do it this way. We call this voice leading because really when we're improvising, we're not just going up the arpeggios like that from the root on up. We're trying to connect lines and melodies together. So this is a good exercise to do. So. Now up that C minor seven, I'm gonna connect it right here to the root again, cause it's a close tone. So we have C, which is the root, and then the third, the fifth, and the seventh. And then I'm gonna connect to this F7, the five chord, with this A natural note, okay? So A natural, that's the third. So we're gonna go third, root, seventh, and then fifth, okay? So all in all, the way I've played these chord tones over top of this one, six, two, five sounds like this. 
right? And even just by playing this, you can already hear the chord changes starting to come out. If you're a guitar player like me, play this in a couple of different positions. If you're a saxophone player, trumpet player, piano player, play these in different octaves as well. And also figure out different ways that you can connect chord tones together. So for example, instead of starting on the root, like we do on the B flat major seventh, you could actually start on the third and build out and connect the chord tones that way. So the better you get at this, the easier it's going to be for you to start navigating these fast moving chord changes. Now, step number four is to master guide tones over rhythm changes. So guide tones are the thirds and the sevenths of each chord. And the reason why I always like to tell my students to focus on guide tones at some point in time is because these are the notes that we want to be thinking about resolving to in our solos. They're really the notes that will make the chord changes pop. It's like putting spice into your food or salt, right? It's really going to make the flavors pop. And that's kind of what guide tones do as well. So it's not necessarily that we want to solo like this, but we want to get into the habit of being able to identify them on our instrument so that we're comfortable starting to create lines around these guide tones. So for example, again, over the first two bars, B flat major seven, G seven, C minor seven, F seven, the third is going to be D over top of that B flat major seven. And then we have A, which is the seventh. So third seventh. And then we're going to connect up using voice leading to the G seven. We're going to go up to the B natural and that's the third. So we're gonna go third seventh over the G seven. So, and then over the C minor seven, we have this E flat note. So that's the third. And then B flat is the seventh. And then over the F7, we have A to E flat, right? So that's the third to the flat seven. So it sounds like this. Again, play this in different octaves, play this in different positions, depending on what instrument you play. But just getting into the habit of identifying these, not only does this take your note choices way down, so you have to worry about playing a bunch of notes over these chords, it's going to help you start thinking about important notes to resolve to. Now, step number five is to get really good at using approach notes, okay? So instead of thinking about scales or big, long, linear things to play over top of rhythm changes, it's way more beneficial to think about what are those important notes, those chord tones or those guide tones, and how do I approach them in order to start creating musical lines? So again, just taking a look at these first two bars on this approach tone map, we actually study it in our Rhythm Changes Accelerator course in our Inner Circle membership. We see that we have these arrows and these represent what our target notes are. So target notes are simply the notes that we want to resolve to. So you'll notice that oftentimes these are really just chord tones or guide tones that we're trying to target, which is why we studied those. But what we're going to do is use approach tones. So really any note in this is an approach tone. An approach tone is just approaching a target note, but I like to really focus on the two notes that come before it, right? So in this particular case, we have this B flat major seven to this G seven. So we have F, G, A, C, B natural. So, okay, so we're targeting this B natural, that's the third over G7, by going A, C, B. And you'll notice that the A is lower in pitch than our target note, and the C is higher in pitch than our target note. And we call this enclosure, and that's a really common approach tone strategy that beboppers use. So, okay. Then our next approach tone is here, and we have above, below and arriving with an F and a D 
and an E. So it sounds like this. Okay. Again, we call this an enclosure. So starting from the B flat major, we have. And then we're arriving at this A natural over the F7. Okay, the A natural. Again, that's the third of the F7. So that's our target note. And we approach it with a G and a B. So below and above, approaching this target note. So this entire line sounds like this. Okay, so you can hear, we're already starting to turn these chord tones and these guide tones into actual musical lines when we're using approach tones, whether they're diatonic or chromatic. So, so far we've been really focusing on the theoretical side of improvising, the technical side, which is really important. It's really helpful. But at the end of the day, we really need to start learning some actual language to play over top of the chord progressions of rhythm changes. So that's why step number six is actually to learn a rhythm changes solo. Now you can learn an etude like this particular etude that we study in our Rhythm Changes Accelerator course in our Inner Circle membership, or you can learn a solo off of a recording that you really like. Now, you can also learn smaller bits of information, like just over top of this 1625 if you want to, right? Because that's going to be a really powerful line to learn. Now, for example, this could be really handy when we come to the bridge right here, like with the D7, that's our three dominant chord, and then the G7, right, our dominant six chord. And what kind of musical lines can we play over top of this? So a good idea is to go to a pro and really hear what some good lines sound like to give yourself some ideas. Here's what this particular line sounds like. Right? Over top of that three and over top of that six. So really nice, beautiful line, super melodic, lots of approach tones in there, lots of chord tones in there. So really interesting. And you don't even at this step need to analyze it if you don't want to, right? It's more just like getting it in your ear and internalizing it and sure if you want taking it to other keys to further internalize it. But you can also analyze it. For example, that C sharp at the end on that G7 is actually the sharp 11th. So we're actually targeting instead of a chord tone in this example, we're targeting an altered extension, that sharp 11. So when we start analyzing, yes, we can start understanding better what this musician is doing, but more importantly is exposing ourselves to these different ideas so that they can come out hopefully in our solos later. Speaking of getting these ideas to come out in our solos later, step number seven is to compose your own rhythm changes solo. Now, this is something I always recommend to my students in my inner circle because we really want to focus on slowing the improvisation process down, allowing ourselves to take the things that we've learned, right? Like in our core tone maps or our approach tones or our etudes that we're learning and actually make them into our own musical melodic ideas. And by slowing the improvisation process down, it gives us the opportunity to do that. I would recommend actually composing a 32 bar solo over top of the form. Like for example, over the one, six, two, five, I might come up with a melodic idea like this. Right, it's just a very simple. 
Maybe that's something that I'm hearing in my head. So by composing that, not necessarily writing down, but at least memorizing, it starts to allow the, that music that you're hearing in your head to come out onto your instrument and solidify it for yourself. Now, step number eight is just to practice improvising over rhythm changes a lot. So after we've done all of this work, this heavy lifting, we just need to expose ourselves and allow ourselves to make mistakes as much as possible over top of rhythm changes so that we can learn from those mistakes, so that we can continually get used to navigating these waters, which are rhythm changes. And so if we're not actually going out and improvising, putting on backing tracks, going out with other people and playing rhythm changes, we're not going to be getting as good at it as we possibly could, or at least not as quickly as we would like to. So that's all for today's quick win episode. Hope you found this really helpful. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And by the way, if you haven't joined our LJS Inner Circle membership yet, would love to have you do that. Go to ljsinnercircle.com. We do have a Rhythm Changes Accelerator in there. It's a new course we came out with recently and know you would absolutely love it and benefit from it. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.